Hello, my name's uh, Lord Paul Scriven, and I'm in discussion today with Lord Bob Kerslake, who's had a long career in public sector leadership. He's worked at a local government level as a chief executive of a major council in the United Kingdom. He's worked for an arm's length government body called Homes England and ended his professional career in public service as the head of the UK civil service. He now sits in the House of Lords and helps make legislation. I'm in conversation with him to get his ideas tips and insights into what's required in modern public service leadership. I hope you enjoy his thoughts and they'll help you in your leadership journey. Thank you very much for uh, um, sharing your uh, insights um, and your ideas. So I'd just like to ask, as we sit here today listening to this, there's clearly the uncertainty of the pandemic, which is quite unprecedented, really, in, um, in, in, in most of our leadership lives. So what do you see as the key issues that senior public sector executives will have to think to and adapt to in the next few years? Yes, it's a very good question, Paul. Uh, I think the first thing to say is that um, we're some way from being out of the woods as far as the pandemic is concerned uh, and we would be unwise to be complacent about that both in the uk but of course globally there's still a big battle to be won it has been without doubt the biggest emergency peacetime emergency that any of us have faced so uh, we have still uh, a big task ahead of us just to deal with the pandemic itself but the pandemic has had really big consequences as well um, to everyone's lives. And I think uh, I would say that the pandemic has been a big disruptor of society, the economy uh, and public services. Uh, it's been an accelerator of things that we could see happening before it happened. Uh, for example, the move to online uh, activities and uh, including, of course, uh, how we uh, purchase services and goods, um, but it hasn't been a leveller. Uh, it's increased the inequalities and it's exposed the inequalities uh, that exist. And I think it's uh, shone a light on the need to focus on tackling those inequalities, both in the UK, but also beyond that. If you also think about the issue of the pandemic, uh, let's assume and be optimistic that in time we will get uh, a grip on it through vaccines and other measures. We still have the challenges that were there before the pandemic struck. Uh, we still have to deal with zero carbon. Uh, we have to improve the productivity uh, and effectiveness of our economy, invest in skills and infrastructure. And of course, we have to tackle the issue of how we uh, manage the fact, the good news that we're living longer, but the less good news that we're not staying uh, healthy uh, to the same degree. So those big challenges that were there before the pandemic are still there and we need to refocus on them, but we'll be doing it at a time when our services, our public services have been severely impacted uh, and they'll need to be uh, repaired really before we can uh, fully say we're back in, in action again. And, and Bob, from, from your experience, I mean, clearly you've been a very senior leader in both local and national government. Just as an individual, what, what is it that you think 
um, other senior leaders still in the service will require to bring other people to focus on that and not feel daunted and phased by the incredible change uh, and uncertainty that they'll be dealing with? Yes, it's again a good question. And I think um, it will be a very testing time for, for, for all public uh, uh, leaders really, and the private sector leaders. Uh, I do think the key to it, it lies in uh, collaborative leadership um, where we work across the disciplines to focus in on the priorities. Uh, you can't do everything, you have to have priorities. But what's crucial is to have a shared set of priorities uh, and uh, to work openly and collaboratively to deal with them. One of the biggest kind of difficulties, I think, in the public sector is that people work in silos. Uh, this is true in the UK, but it's true elsewhere. Um, and they focus on the process and the uh, short term rather than the long term outcomes. Uh, and so I think for me, a big part of what has to happen is to be more cross cutting, more collaborative across the different issues um, and to focus in on um, be, uh, the big priorities that we face. To just give you an illustration of that point, um, I'm involved in something to uh, promote really uh, healthy aging and incre increasingly the thinking there is you need to be focused on the needs of the person and not always driven by the kind of medical disciplines uh, that we often think about, the individual issues uh, that people might face. Uh, and that's quite a big shift in mindset, I think. But if, if we're going to have any way out of this uh, really difficult time that we've faced, it has to be about um, collaboration. It has to be about focusing on the needs of individuals um, and having some long goals, term goals that we're aiming towards. Bob, that's a, that's a, that's a fascinating point, actually, and one th that I've heard um, many people say from across the world. From your, from both your experience and and looking in now into uh, leadership in the public sector, it, it's easy to say collaboration, but it, it breaks down quite a lot actually uh, when you see it on the ground because people, as you say, revert back to their certainty of the silo. What is it that you think the leaders that you've seen deliver this and able to? Uh, act across boundaries what is it that they bring and they do differently that that help that to happen and and, and we focus on the individual rather than the silo it's again um a challenging question i think the things i've observed that make a difference is that they are what's often described as empathetic leaders they they absolutely know uh how to motivate and inspire others around them regardless of whether they directly manage those uh, people. And that's often the distinction made between leadership and management, really. Often a good leader doesn't directly control uh, the people involved, but they have really powerful convening powers. They can bring people together um, and get them to focus in on what's important uh, in terms of dealing with, uh, with something. So that's a really bit important bit of it. The other bit of it is to... Um, concentrate on the needs of uh, be very customer or resident focused if you like they can 
um, they have that ability to rise above their own uh, discipline and see the bigger picture uh, as it's experienced by individuals, I think. And then the last bit of this is they have a sense of urgency and personal responsibility, uh, um, and which then brings with it uh, a trust, really, that people believe they're acting with great uh, uh, integrity. And, and that, in a sense, draws uh, other people along with them. Those are the kind of characteristics of good leadership, I think. Uh, they're, they're not as common as you'd like them to be, but they are, you do see them and you do see them uh, have a powerful effect. Just to give one example, I've recently done a review of uh, the response to um, uh, homelessness and rough sleeping with the pandemic. It could have been a reason why those uh, issues got worse in the UK and not better. And yet uh, a very powerful initiative called Everyone in Government, Local Government, focused on getting everyone inside and then helping them deal with their needs, brought the figure down by 37%. That's inspirational leadership, it seems to me. And you, and you find it at all levels. It's not just about senior leaders. That, 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 that's really helpful, Bob, and re really good examples. And I think what you're bringing there, there very clearly, it's not just about the, the nuts and bolts. It's some of the softer stuff like empathy and emotional intelligence and the motivation that's really important. Yeah, now, yeah. the clue's in the title in a way, Paul. It's called personal leadership, and you have to see the person in that leadership. Otherwise, you won't ever get people to follow you. Okay, and that's that's really helpful. Now, a lot of people listening to this, Bob, will be in um, systems in government that are very hierarchical. My experience and my observations, both in Africa and um, in Asia, is that they live in very hierarchical structures um, where the minister shouts and um, others are expected to follow. In that kind of scenario, do you have any um, experiences or insights that you can give about how people can deal with that type of hierarchy to bring about the, um, the personal leadership that you've just described? Yes, it's difficult because often... Uh, the effect of that hierarchical leadership is to disempower people down the chain. They don't feel they can be different leaders because the people above them aren't different leaders. So it does, in some senses, have to start at the top, or I think, um, a, a change of approach. But I think what they can do um, is to invest in communication uh, and motivation of that. So if they're taking a command that they don't think is terribly sensible as a way forward, um, but they can't change it. I think they have to be open and honest with their own uh, team, if you like, uh, that that's the situation rather than pretend uh, that everything is perfect. Um, so a big part of um, the communication task is the why. Why are we having to work in the way we're doing? I think, and the other big part I think is, is what's often called stories that you can uh, illuminate in uh, the need to do things through the stories of individuals and how they're experiencing uh, uh, what you're doing. So um, there's no complete uh, way of avoid, avoiding the difficulties of uh, excessively hierarchical leadership, but the combination I think of communicating why you're having to do something the way you are and using stories to illustrate how things need should could be better uh, are two very powerful ways of doing that. 
and, and that's health. And it's, it's also about, as you, I think, I think the, the terms used quite a lot, Bob, isn't it? It's about being authentic, being truthful and authentic. Yes. About what you're doing. Also, yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's a very strong kind of theme these days. And I think there is a lot to it. I think people will accept somebody once said to me, you're often most powerful as a leader when you can, when uh, or people uh, empathize with you when you make mistakes actually or when you show weakness no, you don't have to be to be a strong leader someone who's always right uh, and always uh, um, winning the argument uh, if you're open to that debate then you're probably going to be a better leader thank you bob that's really helpful now, probably just as we, we we leave this podcast um as i say you, you have been very senior bob you've led the civil service you've led um, an arm's length body for which developed um the h homes for people nationally in the uk you've worked at uh, local level by being a chief executive of the council that i i knew you very well when i was a politician on that council looking back on your own personal career bob as as, as such a senior public sector executive and leader what are your key takeaways from your journey that you think people should have at the forefront of their mind if they want to improve the lives they serve and improve prosperity uh number one is to never stop learning um you should carry on developing uh, as a leader uh, no matter how long you've been there no matter how senior you are there's always a lot to learn always more that you can learn about uh being a good leader i think the second key thing is to what they often call situational awareness uh, to use the jargon do you actually understand uh everything that is going on before you uh reach a decision actually and the third thing i pick out is to build strong teams and then trust them uh trust them to know uh what the right actions are often they'll get to a better place um if you do allow them to do that really and, and set them the context and then allow them to lead themselves Bob, thank you. Uh, some of those issues, I think, were fascinating and um, people need to reflect on them. And as you say, it's a it's a it's a basis for them on their leadership journey. And, and as we all know, it's not easy um, and it can be hard at times in public sector. But some of the key issues that you raise there are very helpful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul.